This is Zombie Chickens Podcast, where two heads are better than one, even if they're undead. My name is Marnay. And my name is Megan. And this is our seventh episode. Jeez, we passed the seventh mark. Yeah, damn. Okay, so this month we are doing Movie March, entertainment, yes. and we will be discussing, uh, I th- well, I personally think it's quite a lot of interesting topics. Not just interesting topics, I think it's quite funny and fun, Yeah, what's coming up in, in this month's um, podcasts. But today we are doing Guess the Outcome. So each of us have chosen four movies where we will give each other a synopsis and the other person need to guess the outcome of the movie. Yes. <laughs> if that makes sense. If that makes sense. So we each is just going to read the synopsis and then obviously reveal the answer of what actually happened. Yes. Yes. So I will start us off today with a movie mm. the movie's name is the perfection oh jesus okay mm. and this is the synopsis in this twisty horror thriller a once promising music prodigy reconnects with her former mentors only to find them taken with the talented new pupil okay now i need to guess what the fuck's going on yes okay so it's a thriller mm-hmm. so i'm guessing mm. This chick is really good at whatever instrument she plays. Yes. And if in orchestra, it means that you're actually quite good. Mm-hmm. So does it say what instrument she plays? Well, not in the synopsis, but I can give you... I'll, I'll, it's not going to give it away. A cellist. She's a cellist. Okay. So the yeah. cello. So I know for a fact that you, especially with violins, you have four seats, mm-hmm. basically. You have the first seat, which is your, the, the, um, how can you say it? It's the, what is it, the first person? It's like, um. <laughs> it's the leader. It's, it's the a leader, leader, yeah, and it's the and substitute. The, obviously the, the, the fourth yeah. chair is basically the last person. Yeah. And I think it's basically the same with cello and basically any, any of the other fields. So... New person must be sitting at the fourth one, therefore haunts her, wants to break her fucking fingers, mm. so she can take, she, he can take that first chair. Okay, or so Or kills you, off, slowly but surely. Kills off slowly but surely. All the other chairs, till they get to her, and get to know the person mm-hmm. as a mind fuck. <laughs> And then haunts them, turn them basically mad, mm-hmm. and break their fingers. Yeah. So they can't play the cello anymore. Therefore, takes the seat. Okay. So, like the. Um, and maybe kills off one or two <laughs> of the, the, the head of the um, company, the, the orchestra. orchestra. Just for the fun of it. <laughs> um, so you feel like it's more. Like black swan type vibes. No, um, 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 what's that movie where Jessica Alba played as the blind girl? 
I think she also played an instrument. Oh, where she got an eye, the eye surgery. Mm. I can't remember the name. Can't remember the name of the movie. I think it was called The Eye or something. Something like that. Mm. Something like that. Mm. Okay. Okay, so you're, on certain aspects, you're not wrong. Mm. So it start off, starts off the, with this girl, the main character. Mm. Uh, she is actually, she had to leave the orchestra mm. or the whatever mental people, the school they were at. It was mm. a school. Why? Because she had to take care of her terminal mother. So she had to leave to go take, take care of her mother. Mm. Then her mother die, mother dies and she ends up going back to the school. Mm. When she gets back to the school, she sees that there's the new woman that's taken over the, her position that she had. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see, you kind of see that she has, she looks like she might be jealous. Mm-hmm. And um, they actually just look at each other from afar. They don't really communicate. And then in the end, they do start talking. And when they start talking, you realize there's a lot of sexual tension. Uh, so they actually start having a relationship. Well, not a relationship. They're just, they're just sleeping together. And it shows that they sort of like like each other. But you actually realize that both of them have the same tattoo of a musical note. That's weird. Mm-hmm. So as it progresses, they go out for a night, one night. They both get really, really drunk. The next day they go on like explore the place because they're in a different country at the moment. So they go and explore the place with the hangover. The main character, the one that had to leave, she ends up giving the new cellist some medication to drink because of the headache and all that stuff. And then they go on a bus. Oh, but this is also part of... There's, there's a disease currently in the storyline so there's people that throws up like these this yellow vomit and they get really really sick mm-hmm. so that is also part of the storyline so as they go on the, the bus this girl starts feeling really really sick and she ends up throwing up and it's like yellow and she mm-hmm. starts seeing maggots wonderful so she starts seeing maggots in her vomit and so she's hallucinating as well so in the movie it doesn't look like she's hallucinating because they both of them see it so it's not just the one girl that sees it the actually the old cellist i'll refer because i can't remember the name the old cellist (laughs) (laughs) um is the one that notices the bugs first and says there's bugs and maggots in your vomit and then the girl starts freaking out, saying, no, they're inside of her, they're inside of her, freaking out, freaking out. And then they leave the bus because they get kicked off. And um, the girl starts seeing, like, bugs crawling in her arm. She's, like, freaking out, what am I going to do? They're eating me, what am I going to do? And then 
the old cellist holds up a big butcher's knife and says, you know what you have to do. And the girl takes the knife and starts chopping off her arm. Jesus. So it ends up that she did actually drug her and the medication does cause hallucinations. But it's a really roundabout way to finding out why, how it happened. So actually what happens is that the old cellist is actually cares about the new one. And when her she noticed basically. her girlfriend basically. And when she noticed that she has the tattoo, that's when things changed. And she told her, basically saying, you were in too deep. I had to get you out. I, don't, I didn't know any other way. So it turns out that the mentor, the guy, so it was he, him and his wife that had the school. Now he was actually, basically if you're in the first seat and you go on the stage, you have to perform perfection. Mm. And if you make a mistake... The way he punishes you is by sleeping with you. Mm. So it turns out he was actually sexually um, molesting all the kids that was part of this company. Anyway, so she realized that and the tattoo means that you've reached perfection. So she realized that her girlfriend, the one she's in love with now, is into deep and she needs to get her out. Because the old cellist actually went through multiple phases of therapy like Mm. that she actually went through shock therapy and she went into institute and it actually that's how she realized what happened to her wasn't normal it wasn't okay that it wasn't just the way they are she completely was messed up from this guy Mm. anyway in the end they actually go to the the school they pretend, or the girl pretends that she doesn't know what happened. She thought it was just the girl went crazy. Then she had to cut her arm off and all those things. And in the end, they actually tie him up, cut off his... I think they actually cut off his dick as well. But anyway, not just his dick, his arms and his legs. And then they make him tying up, tie him up and sit, make him sit in a chair and then watch while they're performing on stage together. While the one is doing the one part and the other one that doesn't have the arm is... Well, the one that doesn't have the arm is doing the, what do you call it, notes. And the one that has the arm is doing the bow. That's fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) That's fucked up. Yeah. So, um, a big twist. (laughs) Massive twist. Yeah. But it is... They do... Even if you watch the trailer, they portray it as... The old cellist ha- is very, very jealous, and this is a revenge plot mm. for taking your seat, basically. That's a very plot twist. I did yeah. not expect that. But the whole entire movie, you still think that this girl did it out of revenge, mm. and it's only towards the end that you realize it's not actually. About and that. even mm. um, the old, the new cellist actually. uh, pretended that she hated the other one and then that way they infiltrated the school together and yeah crazy crazy shit shit okay yeah okay (laughs) shit so the one i have here Mm -hmm. god i hope you don't know this one 
Shutter Island. Sounds familiar, but no, I don't think I've seen it. It's a good fucking movie. I would suggest anyone to watch it. It's really, 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 it's a good movie. It's an old movie. Yeah. Um, it's from 2010. Mm-hmm. It's also like a thriller. Isn't, doesn't... It's a, it's a famous movie because Leonardo DiCaprio plays I just want to say, doesn't Leonardo DiCaprio play in it? No, and Mark I've, Ruffalo. Yeah, I've seen it. I've not seen it. I know of it. I just haven't seen it. Mm. Yeah. But in any case, um, Deputy U.S. Marshal Edward, in brackets, Teddy mm-hmm. Daniels, who is investigating a psychiatric facility on Shutter Island after one of the patients goes missing. His partner, Chuck all, I have no fucking idea how to pronounce the surname, mm. all, help him investigate the island. So, what do you think happened? Hmm. So, it's about an asylum. What? Psychiatric facility. Psychiatric facility. facility. Mm. Isn't it based on the, the, the Alcatraz? No. No, no that's, not, that's not the one. No. You're thinking about The Rock. The movie The Rock. Am I thinking about that? Probably. <laughs> no, the movie The Rock is about Alcatraz. <laughs> okay. I'm sure Sean Connery gonna, plays in it. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm confused. Um, I don't know why you said... And now I'm confused and now I'm thinking of fucking... What do you call it? The psychiatric prison place where fucking Joker was kept in. <laughs> I'm thinking of that. Anyway, from Batman. Okay. Yeah, it's... Anyway, um, okay, so they went into this uh, on an island. Yeah. Mm. So I'm guessing the convicts, or not the convicts, the psychiatric patients escapes. There's one that's escaped. So they are just investigating the one that escaped. That escaped. Mm. So that's why they went to the island. But my thing is, what happened on the island? Hmm. If it helps, I can tell the movie plays off in... I have to guess, it's about the 50s, 60s. So remember, oh. psychiatric facilities are very, 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 yeah. very, very um, on the verge of saying that, you know, they, they literally abuse okay. the patients. Okay, so obviously there was some experiments that happened there. And the guy did actually not escape. He actually died in one of the experiments to see if they can cure the illness, mental illness, I'm guessing that's why I was there, or not, maybe that's not why they were there, (laughs) maybe it was an island that it was a front, so they could do experiments on people and experiment with shock therapy and see those type of things, Uh, um, no. That's that's how far I can go. It's a bit more messed up than that. Okay. Not messed up. It's just more. It's more. It's more deeper than that. Yeah. Okay. So how it is is that Teddy and Chuck arrive on the island to find that the staff is confrontational. They they're not helping. You know they're very um, towards each other. They're not giving you know any um, clearance about mm-hmm. you know where this person is. But the missing patient, Rachel Solando, is incarcerated for drowning her three children. Okay. So this is for the criminally insane, this place. Okay. And they were told that Ward C and the lighthouse 
is reserved for the most severely disturbed patients and is off limits. Okay. So there's no one at the lighthouse. It's it's off limits. But it's, Ward yeah. C is for the very severe cases of oh. the cr- criminally insane. Okay. They stay on the island because of a severe storm. So they were only to go there for about a day, but there was this massive storm Mm -hmm. that hit the island and they were stranded there for a couple of days. Teddy starts to have migraines from being there. Like these massive, terrible migraines. And starts having disturbing dreams about his wife. Right. So they find Solando and break into Ward C where they talk to a patient from solitary confinement and he claims they are doing experiments on patients. And he also, he also claims mm-hmm. that they everyone is in on it. Okay. That, that's all he's saying. He's in, they're, all, in they're all in on it. Mm. So Teddy and Chuck investigate the lighthouse. So in this instance, I don't want to give a lot away about this movie because I really like this movie. I think mm-hmm. I've watched it like three times. So a lot happens between this as well. But Teddy and Chuck investigate the lighthouse. That's where Chuck sort of disappears. And again, stuff happens. Yeah. Teddy finds the lead psychiatrist, a psychiatrist, Crowley, waiting for him there at the lighthouse. Crowley. Mm. Mm. <laughs> It's Crawley, but for me, it just sounds like Crowley, but in any okay. case. He explains that Teddy is Andrew Leaders, Leaders, fuck, I can't pronounce the same surname, the most dangerous patient they have because he murdered his manic depressed wife. Teddy. Teddy. Okay. After she drowned the children. Okay, so she was the one that disappeared. No, the thing is... Just hold on. Okay, okay, Just hold on. Okay. Just hold on. So the past few days was just to break his conspiracy-laden insanity. Like he had this sort of persona that he was creating. What Teddy, the Mm -hmm. Teddy persona he was creating um, as a patient on Shutter Island. So they thought that if everyone played, even the staff Mm -hmm. played along, even Chuck. What would happen? Exactly. If it would break his psychiatric uh, um, madness, so to speak. So he, so he did not actually go to investigate. No, it he's was a purely him being a patient, and they went along with this exactly. fabricated story he had. Exactly. Made. What? And the migraines were, f- were from withdrawals from from not- the medication. Mm-hmm. <gasps> what? Plot twist. Holy it's a good shit. fucking movie. Like the girl that was missing. Yeah. Um, was it made up? Was it just because he? It's, it's, I want to say in brackets she was missing, but again it was it, it manifested. It was it manifested from his trauma no, she was with re- his. It was a real person, just not a patient that got missing. Just one of the nurses. Oh. Mm. It's a good movie. No, but I mean. He manifested it as in be, to be like his wife. The the person that was missing was not his wife. It was a patient that got No, him. I mean, obviously, you're not understanding what I'm saying. It's, I mean, in his mind, he obviously manifested... Because he manifested the entire story. He's the one that made it up. Mm-hmm. And they just went along with it. So it, clearly it, it's... it's, it's, it's yes, the Teddy persona was for him to sort of... 
work through what happened and what he exactly. did. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's it's a really, 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 really good movie because it at some stage in the movie you don't really know is this real? Is yeah. this not real? Because it, it, just watch it. I know you know the plot twist in the end, but it's a really good movie because literally in the middle, you honestly don't know what the fuck is going on. Well, obviously now I know what's going on. But mm. <laughs> yeah, but it's a okay. Really good movie. I've I've always seen it everywhere, and I was like, should I watch it? Should I not? It's 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 a really good movie. Okay. Ben Kingsley plays in it. He's a, he plays as um, Chuck. Crawley. Crawley. Mm. Oh, okay. 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 Mm. No, Mark Ruffalo is. Uh, oh. Chuck. Mm. Okay, that is so. And they even gave him like clothing to wear. Yep. And... What the fuck? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That's and they okay. <laughs> go okay. watch the movie. I'll go watch the movie. That's very very interesting. Cool. Uh huh. Okay, my next movie is called His House. Okay. So, this is the synopsis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) As a young couple from war-torn South Sudan seeks asylum and a fresh new start in England, they are tormented by a sinister force living in their new house. Or new home. I don't know why, but for some reason I'm thinking of, um, you know that one episode of Supernatural? But the two kids living in the living in the um, walls. The Jesus, walls. That, that was fucking scary. Oh yeah, where they put the salt down and yes, like yeah, and, and then stepped over. Fuck that moment. My heart I'm dropped. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um, okay, so so it's, it's after the war, mm-hmm. Second World War. No, it's the first one. No, it's war torn. Oh, uh, war torn Sudan. Okay, so oh, that place is not good. Yeah, so. It's, they just fled from their country to England, mm-hmm. trying to get asylum and a fresh start. And they're basically living in sort of government housing. Yes. It's housing that the com- a company gave to... Refugees. Refugees. Yeah. Okay. Uh... It is a chilling horror. That's the genre, by the way. Just so, to make it easy. Not easier. Just to give you a bit more insight. It's difficult to actually sort of decipher because yeah. is it that someone sort of got into it, their suitcases and went with them and then so, terrorized no, okay, them? Okay, so I will tell you it is supernatural. Okay, because we are talking about the African, yeah. African nation and mm-hmm. we all know that a lot of African nations, like we've talked before, I think in one of our previous episodes oh, about, about the Tokolosi. Yeah. And the movie Tokolosia, I still need to watch it. Okay, so it's something in the lines of... It is supernatural. So it's an African supernatural story, in a sense. In a sense. It is very... Um, what do you... Aesthetic. Is that, is that the word I can use? It's very... You can... It is very reminiscent of that type of... Is it because that they are not... Um, because a lot of African countries believe that if you do not, your ancestors, if you do not, um, 
Oh, pay appease them, pay, pay, pay respect. respect that all evil shall go onto you and therefore them being in a western country, going into western society, uh, changing their beliefs, that they are tormented with a spirit, or is it yes. that there's a horrendous spirit in the house of a person that died that hated black people? or There is something in the house. And your assumption of it being like supernatural is correct. It is inside walls. Oh, Jesus. I'm getting goosebumps again. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of that boy and girl in the, in yeah, the house. The now, that's my thing, though. I can watch horror movies by all means. Mm-hmm. But if it's shit like that, where it's actual fucking people, people. living yeah. in the fucking walls, Jesus Christ, I can't. <laughs> But that's supernatural, it's fine. I don't believe in ghosts, yeah, so but it's fine. I, I weirdly, off, not off, off topic, but have you seen those videos of the people living, like, inside the house, and then, well, at night when the people go to bed, mm-hmm. the person, homeless person, actually comes out and goes, yeah. 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 Fuck. Yeah. That freaks yeah. the fuck out of me. Yeah. I've um, listened to way too many podcasts yeah. to... Um, yeah, I've listened to way too many scary stories and my paranoia is just off the charts. Okay, so it's definitely supernatural. Mm-hmm. So is it to do about some ritualistic person that stayed in the house beforehand, killing people, died and therefore, or tortured people and therefore um, are tormenting them? Is that your... I Don't ask me. I, I need your answer. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing... Yes. I'm guessing with my very imaginational mind, mm-hmm. um, it has to be that something happened in the house in order for the spirit or ghost or poltergeist, whichever you want to call it. I know there's differences if you want to go in <clears throat> supernatural world. So my guess is, is that there was probably someone in the house that tormented and killed people and one of those spirits must have stayed in the house with that torment and then therefore does the torment themselves okay okay that's a that's a good or (laughs) again i'm going with the ancestor theory that they Coming from Sudan, not mm-hmm. not um, appeasing their their um, ancestors, therefore they are given this tokolosi of some sort. Uh, okay. Or someone died and they fucking shoved the body in the 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 wall. The wall, and therefore the person is in the walls. <laughs> okay. Go. Is it? Are you done with your yes, theories? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm done with my theories. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, no ah. not any one of those. Um, Jesus. It is actually not to do with the house itself. It is to do with them. Okay. Mm. So, it is something that follows them. Mm-hmm. So, it starts off with them fle- fleeing. You can see them, like, fleeing. Um, the husband grabbing their child, them getting on the bus... So they all flee by going into a bus and then going to a ship. Mm-hmm. And as the ship goes across to Amer- uh, America, across to England, there's really, really rough waters. Like the entire ship 
most of the people on the ship died. Jesus. They were some of the survivors. Mm. Their child died as well. So the child is the one that follows them. So it is not just one singular person inside the house. So as a so that ha- that you see that happen, they go they busy doing an interview with people in England to ask to say if they can get asylum or not. And they give them housing. It's it's very sinister. The entire movie, the feeling of the movie is very sinister. You'll see, mm. like, no one talks to them. People just look at them. And you can see they try to fit in with the new society, inside the society with them being from a different country and different cultures. They try to fit in with the British culture. Mm. And... The woman is the one that first starts seeing something. So she'll sit and then there's a ball that rolls to her from the one room. The ball that comes on the ground. And then there's a hole in the wall. Or no, I think she hears something in the wall and then she breaks the wall. And then she sees the eye inside the wall. And then everywhere she breaks the wall, she tries to look for this person. They do see the the their child as well. And they see other people as well. It's not just one person. But from the people that they see, you sort of realize it is probably people from where they're from and the people that were on the ship with them. Okay. So the story goes along. They're sort of going mad. They're basically losing their minds. Mm. And it ends up being that they feel guilty. And that's the why, why they see this, the spirits of the people that died on the ship. Because they feel that they're good people. And they didn't do anything to deserve this. But you flash back to the war. And realize that they don't have children. And they were running to the bus. The woman gets on the bus and they tell the husband, you're not not allowed to get on the bus. The husband sees a mother with her child, grabs the child and says, this is our child, that's my wife, I need to go to her. They end up going on the bus, the people let them on, and then the girl actually ends up dying in the water. And they feel guilty for taking this child away from her mother and then the child ends up dying. Mm. So it's the guilt that basically renders, them. renders the all that all the spirits of the ship that died mm. haunts them basically. Mm. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Hmm. I don't know why, but when you sit down, there's this this is a little bit off topic. Mm-hmm. Um, very famous photograph of a Sudan child. Oh, I remember it, yeah. With a vulture. Yeah. And that's one horrible, horrible, horrible uh, photograph. Mm-hmm. It's literally, it's um, a little, it's a small child, literally in a fetal position with a vulture only a few feet away. A few feet away, literally waiting for the child to die. And there's a lot of controversy behind that image. And the guy that took it, the f- photographer, um, he won and I think it's I a remember, new, yeah. new York Photography Award and mm-hmm. afterwards, I think not long after, he committed suicide. 
um, just, I don't I don't know why, but every time I hear about Sudan, I keep thinking about that that image, yeah, photograph. But um, anyway, next one. Okay, so this one is called the Handmaiden. It's a 2016 film. Also very, I want to say it's 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 one. It's some sort of erotic film. It's Asian, right? Uh huh. Okay, okay. I think I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. And it it's, it's a good movie, and it plays off I think just after the Second World War as well. So it's like a Korean slash Japanese film. Okay. Very very good film, but the synopsis is. A woman is hired, I want to say here, a pickpocket woman, because that's going to make it a little bit, not really, but a a pickpocketer Mm -hmm. is hired as a handmaiden to a Japanese heiress. But secretly secretly she is involved in a plot to defraud her, to defraud the heiress. Oh. Mm. Well, I have seen scenes of this movie. So yeah, go for that it. is going to help me. I go do, for it. I do know that they get in a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. <laughs> that's all I know. Okay, so... The problem about this movie mm-hmm. is, is that it, you need to focus on the movie constantly. Because there's things that happen and there's like three parts in the movie. Yeah. I, stuff happen and then you think you know what's going to happen and then you realize, fuck, no, this is not what I'm thinking. But in any case, yeah. I would think. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously they go into a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And they make you think she's going to use that to go against the heiress. Maybe. But probably not. I don't know. Maybe she's actually the heiress. And she was dethroned. She says she's a pickpocket and that's supposed to play an impact in the story. Not really, not really. It's just to say that she's from poverty, you know? Oh, okay. I thought you meant she's like sly of hand and can do some... Mm, not really. Not that I can recall specifically, but... In poverty. Uh, okay, um, okay. My, I'm going to say that she is actually supposed to be the heiress. And they... with I had something happened... And she ended up in poverty, and now she is trying to get the throne back. Quite interesting. Is that your answer? Yeah. Okay, well, like I said, there's three parts in the story, (laughs) so hold on to your hat. So, okay. So, this is Japanese-occupied Korea as well, because Japan Mm -hmm. took took over quite a bit as well. Yeah. A con man operating under the name of Count Fujiwara plans to seduce a Japanese heiress named Lady Hideko. Then he wants to marry her, committed to asylum, in order to steal her inheritance. Okay. Mm. So he hires this pickpocket named Sukhi to become Hideko's maid and encourage Hideko to marry him. So it's basically her being Hmm. in there saying, listen, I think you should marry him, his account, you know, his money... Um, he has influence, blah, blah, blah. And then they end up falling in love. Hold on to your hat. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Hideko lives with her uncle, Kozuki. A Korean man who helped the Japanese take over his country in exchange for a gold mine. Okay. Kozuki then uses his wealth to feed his obsession with rare books, selling forgeries to further accumulate money and books. 
But the thing is, they don't say yeah. It's it's erotica books. Normal books, some of them, but it's mainly erotica. Okay. Suki's main job is to help Hideko prepare to read for Sozuku's guests. So what he does is he has these guests coming over mm-hmm. in an attempt to sell the book and she would read. Okay. Yes. These erotic graphic mm. novel yeah. books. Believe me, they're fucking graphic and I'm the one that studied art. And returning frustrated from a reading, Hideko demands Suki to sleep next to her. The two ends up making love under the pretext of preparing Hideko for a married life with the Count. Okay. So Suki begins expressing reluctance about the plan, but then Hideko herself suggests she loves someone other than the Count. Suki insists on the marriage. Hideko slaps her and violently throws her from the room. But then Kozuki leaves on business for a week. Hideko and Fujiwara elope. After Cashing out Hideko's inheritance, it is revealed that Hideko's naivety (laughs) was part of the con. She and Fujiwara double-crossed Suki and convinced the asylum that she is the countess to have her committed to Hideko's (gasps) instead. Shit. Plot twist. But there's another plot twist. So hold on to your hat. So then it flashes back. Mm -hmm. Where it shows that Hideko's reading practice was in fact... Kozuki teaching her to erotically read sadistic pornography since she was five years old. It's fucking sad, actually. The flashbacks show a regime of psychological and physical abuse that eventually degrades the sanity of of Hideko's aunt, Mm. who is eventually found hanged from a tree in the yard. Okay. Mm. So her aunt commits suicide suicide because she can't fucking handle it. What? And Hideko takes over as the reader for the auctions. So first it was her aunt, and her aunt couldn't handle it anymore. And then her aunt committed suicide, so Hideko is then, therefore, the new reader. Yeah. And then uh, when Hideko questions the description of a hanging in a book she has to read, Kozuku tells her that he murdered her aunt using torture devices in the basement after she attempts to run away. So he... He basically just makes her scared of this basement. Oh, okay. That he murdered her aunt, but her aunt... aunt committed suicide. Committed suicide. Okay. In the more recent past, the country realizes seducing Hideko would be impossible and instead includes her in the plan to elope and then split the inheritance. When Hideko expresses a fear of her uncle, the Count promises her a vial of fast-acting poison as a wedding present so that she can never be taken to the basement. Also, it's a smart fucking plan because then you can take all the money. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Hideko demands that can't find a girl to hire as a maid to commit to asylum in Hideko's place. While being instructed by the Count, who takes advantage of Suki's illiteracy, Hideko unexpectedly falls in love with her. Hideko tries to confess her love, but when Suki insists the marriage go on, Hideko throws her from her room and tries to hang herself. Suki saves her and both admit to their plots. Hideko helps Suki write a letter to her family and say she has teamed up with Hideko and to hatch a plot to get Hideko and Suki away from the men who who have been manipulating them. Hideko shows Suki the book she was forced to read and Suki begins destroying the library. It's literally... It's like old manuscripts, so it's mm. it's expensive manuscripts. 
but Hideka Kosuki, her savior, and joins in, in destroying her uncle's collection. So that's the second part. Okay, and there's another part. Yeah. Suki's friend, Boksun, sets a fire in the asylum and poses, a f- poses as a firefighter, firefighter to rescue, rescue Suki. Hideko poisons Fujiwara's wine, causing him to pass out while she takes the money and leaves. The women reunite and flee together, disguised Hideko as a man to avoid detection. Okay. Kozuki captures Fujiwara upon receiving a letter from Hideko detailing Fujiwara's deception. He tortures Fujiwara in his cellar with his collection of antique bookmaking tools and pressing him for sh- uh, sexual details about his niece. Fujiwara makes up a story about their wedding night, but the flashback shows that he was that he watched Hideko masturbate before cutting a hand on a knife to stain his sheets, refusing to yeah refusing to consummate the marriage. When Kozuku uh, presses for more details, Fujiwara convinces him to give him more of his cigarettes. After smoking, a disgusted Fujiwara refuses to give further details. But in any case, it's just at the very end they two eloped and ended up together yeah it's a weird story i mean it's when you first watch it it's like okay and then you watch it this basically the second part's like oh it sounds confusing you need to literally concentrate the whole movie yeah literally my attention span is (laughs) not that good (laughs) Yeah, you need to, yeah, you literally need to focus, because, yeah. um, like, wait, what? But in any case, <laughs> that's that one. Okay, my next one is called The Call. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a psychological thriller. Ooh, I like those. Mm-hmm. Connected by phone in the same home, but 20 years apart, a serial killer puts another woman's past and life on the line to change her own fate. So basically they're connected by a phone. Mm. It's a, a house phone that no one uses anymore. And um, It's an old movie, isn't it? No. Newer, newer movie. When did it come out? I think actually last year. Oh. oh. It's a Korean movie. Oh. No, I'm thinking of a different No, movie. you're thinking of the call about the girl that was a... A babysitter, and then there's a murderer, and then he ends up trying to break into the house, and uh, yeah. Uh, yes, but it's also a horror movie. I think that's 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 based. That's a that's the horror movie. With it's a thriller. The, with the teeth, all the eyes, you know that sort of one. What? I think. That, mm, I think I can't remember. Or is I, that something else? I have no <laughs> idea. But this one is a Korean movie. Okay. And I think okay. it came out last year, if not the beginning. No, it came out last year. So, they're basically connected by this phone, but they're 20 years apart. So, the one is in the future and the one is in the past. But they live in the same house and they can communicate through a phone. What do you think is going to happen? I'm actually stumped. I don't even know where to start. I mean, okay, so it's they live 20 years apart mm-hmm. in the house with a phone. Mm-hmm. So, is it that she, basically, the phone rings and she answers and there's this guy that keeps talking to her? No. So, two females. Oh, two females? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, okay. My brain is working now. Okay. So, 
The one that's 20 years in the past is probably the one that died from the, the murder that killed her in the house. Therefore, she's stuck in the house with the phone. So mm -hmm. she contacts the girl 20 years in the future mm -hmm. to, or by, by chance, in the future, uh, about this killer that killed her to mm -hmm. get revenge on... On the killer. On her murderer. Or murderer. Okay. Because he's still at large. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's either a spouse... Mm-hmm. Or a spouse. <laughs> a spouse. Or a spouse. <laughs> or a spouse. Because <laughs> most of the time it's, it's yeah. a spouse in any case. Because uh, he's at large. He probably made her made her death either look like a suicide or a robbery gone bad. That's my guess. Okay. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. Could be actually a really good movie. But no, it's not <laughs> this one. Um, so... It happens where the one the one girl in the future, mm -hmm. she is busy in renovating this old house, her mom's old house, and her mom is terminally ill. Mm -hmm. So that's why she's back in her hometown. And she's busy doing things on the wall and then suddenly the phone rings. Mm -hmm. And she picks it up. And they, she talks to a girl saying to her that you need to call, I think she said call the police, I can't remember. But she's basically saying she's in trouble, mm. her aunt is trying to kill her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, her aunt is abusing her, can you help me? And then throughout this phone calls and things, the, the girl is like the whole time... I can't have, like how am I meant to help you and the girl and they find through all this communication they found out that they're in the same house just 20 years apart just 20 years apart and they're very similar in age as well I think they're actually the same age which is in their 20s mm -hmm. and so you see the and you flashback not flashback you go back between the girl in the past and the girl in the future the whole time so you can see in the girl in the past that she is getting abused by her aunt and her aunt is very religious and very she's basically saying this trying to get a demon out of the girl mm. in the past and she gets abused and locked in her room mm. and all those things her aunt kills her mm. in the past and the girl in the future finds out when she dies and tells her, this is when you're going to die. Your aunt is going to do something. Be careful. And she ends up surviving. She ends up killing her aunt. And The girl in the future. The girl in the past ends up killing her aunt mm. because she knew it was coming. So she ends up killing her aunt. They go on. They become friends. They actually talk to each other. She, the girl in the past sees the girl from the future and her mother and dad come to visit the house. And she says that, oh, and she says, this is, um, I can see you as a child, blah, blah, blah. And that was actually the day her dad died and she wanted her dad back. So the girl ends up saving her dad and the future changes mm -hmm. and her dad is alive. Her mom isn't sick. They're all very happy and she that's when she actually starts like living her life and she she's not showing up 
and to the phone calls and the girl in the past starts getting angry and angry and angry and saying you lo- you le- you're leaving me you're leaving me and that's when she tells and they, they found out that she killed her aunt the girl in the future found out that the girl in the past killed her aunt and the girl in the past tells her the police comes to visit her house and the girl in the past tells the girl in the future you better save me because I'm the one that saved your dad. I can easily make it's make it the future, whatever, change the future. Hmm. Because it ended up that they were coming to see the house again. But it's only gonna be her, the girl from the future and the girl the her dad that's coming to see the house. So she's basically threatening her and saying, I can kill your dad again. The police is after me. Tell them what evidence. That, tell me what evidence they got to put me behind bars. Mm. And so she ended up ends up helping the girl, and that obviously changes the future again. But it ends up basically that she feels betrayed by the girl because I think the girl tried to, the girl from the future tried to get the girl from the past arrested, and she kidnaps her as a girl. And it's a whole whole shit show. So it's basically like the whole threatening thing. Then they end up being... The girl from the past ends up surviving to the future. And they end up in the same house. And they end up fighting in person. And she kills the girl in the past. Blah, 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 blah. She moves on. She goes to... And her dad is dead again. Yeah, her dad is dead again. She and her mother goes to her dad's grave. This is the last scene. She and her mother goes to her dad's grave. She ended up killing the girl from the past. But as she's walking away, you flash back and you see the girl from the past got a phone call from herself in the future while she was still alive and saying, this girl is coming to kill me, blah, 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 blah. So you could actually see as she's walking, how her mom is disappearing next to her, so the future is changed, and that's how the movie ends. That's cool. So I explained it very confusing because it was no, a but I got movie. it. I got it. But it's a, it's, it's again the whole time time, time jump, and it's so mm. yeah. So anyway, in the end, basically, you can see that she called herself and warned herself, mm. so she changed the future again. Mm. That's a very interesting so she, movie. She definitely survived. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Well, the one I have here, I have to warn you, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Think about fucked up and then multiply it with three. Okay. This movie is called Flowers in the Attic. I've seen it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, I've seen the rest as well. There's, it's not more than one movie. Yeah, there's more than one. But this one is where the fucked upness sort fucked of up starts. starts. Yeah. Where it starts and then it just progresses from there. Mm. Have you seen the other ones? Yes. I don't think I've watched... What was the last one called? It's Flowers, Flowers in the, the Attic, Attic, Petals in the Wind. And then there's the third one. I think I've watched all three. I've watched all three as well. Okay, then should we explain then what the movie is yes, about? Since you can, we, since we know, we know, since we know what this movie is about. <laughs> so it starts, it plays off in the 50s. Um, 
the Dollenganger of Dollen, yeah, Dollenganger family lives in this idyllic life in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and um, it's a father with four children. Yeah, they have an uh, older son, older daughter, and then the twins. Mm. And the father dies. So the wife sits with all the debts. And because they didn't expect him to die so suddenly, because he died in a car crash, mm. he didn't make any means to leave them any money. So they had the mortgage, and it was just, you know... She literally sat with a shitload of debt. Yeah. And without knowing what else to do... She was forced to move back to her parents, whom actually disinherited her. Yeah. The mother. The reason behind the disinheritance is because her husband is in fact actually her uncle. Mm. Now the thing is they were very similar in age because um, her father's youngest brother basically grew up with his kids. So they were very similar in age. And I think her husband, slash uncle, was actually her half-uncle. Yeah. Slash husband. <laughs> slash husband, yeah. And they saw it as incest, which it actually is. It is. Um, if you go by the technical term, it is incest. It is incest. That's why she was disinherited, because it's of the incest. In, in- incest. <laughs> Not incense. <laughs> Not incense. You know, that smell, I can't take it. I can, you have to get out of my house. <laughs> anyway, the only reason why her father would take her back is if she never had any kids with her husband. Yeah. So the story goes is that the grandmother knows about the kids. Mm-hmm. Definitely. She definitely knows about the kids. They are kept in a room that leads up to an attic. Mm. So... They are allowed to sleep in the room, but in the morning they need to go into the attic and stay there the whole fucking day, not making a sound, Mm -hmm. while the maids clean the room, clean the area. And there is supposed to be no trace of them inside their room. Exactly. They have to remove every single trace of them from the room. Exactly. So the maids were not allowed to go to the attic. It was forbidden to them to go to the attic. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the story progresses as the two older kids try to make things better for them by making the secret garden, basically, in the mm. attic with paper, and like these paper flowers. Mm. Their mother only visits them every so often, whenever she can. Mm. And they would, you know, constantly ask, you know, but when can they, you know, go down? And when are they allowed to go outside? Yeah. And she keeps saying that, you know, after her father dies, she will inherit uh, everything and, you know, they will be a happy family again. And the mother visits less and less. Mm -hmm. And their grandmother sort of verbally abused them, saying, you know, they they were created from sin. Mm -hmm. They are... What was the word she used? She she used a very specific word. Did she word. say spawn of the spawn of the devil? Devil. She said that. Um, quite often she said that. Um, even though you know the kids were very well mannered. I mean. Yeah, and the thing is, they did not know. No, they didn't so know. They 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 grew up with a very loving mother and father. Yeah. They didn't know the whole backstory behind yeah. this whole incest story. Mm-hmm. 
So they didn't know why they were being treated this way. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the grandmother did tell them. Eventually, that, yeah, she did, yeah. She did tell them because I think the oldest daughter asked, you know, why do you keep calling yeah, us? Yeah, she, she, she told the oldest daughter and the, the oldest son, mm. yeah. And um, this one time, their mother, on Christmas Eve, their mother let them down to like a secret... I want to say... Uh, uh, it was uh, underneath a bar table thing. Oh, I don't know why I keep thinking they sat on the stairs. They did, but they moved. So they went from that one area. Mm. So they went to a couple of different areas. Because there, there was a um, Christmas ball at the, um, at the house. Yeah. Just for them to get out a little bit. But long story short, what basically happens is that the brother and the sister starts having feelings for each other because i mean they don't see anyone else yeah. they are literally within uh, oh and they're also reaching puberty as I well i just want to say they went into the attic before they puberty. even hit pu- puberty so they have these sexual feelings that they've never had before they the girl is developing breasts that mm. so yeah Yes, and also, you know, they were the, the sort of surrogate parents for the twins as well. Mm-hmm. So they and basically felt like their own little family, them yeah. being the husband and the wife, and then mm. the kids being their kids. Exactly. Yeah. And not just that, but the, 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 the twins, they were very small as well. I mean, they were very malnutritioned. Yeah. They found out, I think, a while after... Um, like a year after they've been there, that the grandfather already died. Yeah. But they're still in the attic. The mom just enjoyed her life the way it was. Exactly. And she got a new husband. And um, Yeah, they were in the attic for years and years. They actually had to cheat teach the boy and the, the twins how to read and write yes. and they had to basically give them schooling and mm. all those things yeah mm. and then this one time their mother visited with donuts mm-hmm. laced with rat poison yeah now i can't remember i think the grandmother brought the donut saying your mom brought a present yeah and i think the grandmother said something the grandmother to the older to the older yeah. kids about something in the lines of do not eat the donuts. I think that's the nicest thing she ever done to them. Yeah. But the youngest the youngest twin, he ate it. Yeah. And he got very sick. He died. Yeah. And I think that's basically where the movie stopped. Or they they, they escaped. They escaped. Yeah. They hatched the plan to escape. To escape, yeah. That's basically where it ends. That's basically where it ends. Hmm. Oh, yeah, um, here's the last bit of the the, the movie. Mm-hmm. At the train station, Chris reveals that he discovered Corinne, that's their mother, inheritance is conditioned about her having no children from her first marriage. Mm. And she was poisoning them to secure her father's wealth. Yeah, so they found that out at the end, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he, conf- uh, he confronted them, her mother, their mother, because mm. he went to her bedroom, I think, as mm. they were escaping... Yeah, but also there was um, there was a story, there was a part as well where the girl sneaked off the one night to go to her mom's room mm-hmm. where she found her mom's new husband yes. and he raped her. Or they had sex or something in the line. 
Because mm. remember in the second movie, she had she was pregnant or she found out she was pregnant? No, but it, oh, I can't remember. No, I think she that's where I don't think he raped her. I think that's where she she kissed him. Mm. He was asleep on the bed and I think she kissed him. Mm. I think that was one of her first sexual desires basically. Mm. But um no, it wasn't she did get another child in the second movie but it wasn't with another man mm. she started dating but didn't she have a child with him as well yeah so basically she started dating she went in the, we're talking about the second movie now <laughs> she went to dance because she loves dancing mm. so she went to go do ballet and then she started seeing a guy there they started dating he died in a car crash mm. and then she started seeing her brother mm. because they still said they're going to move somewhere. No one is going to know that they're brother and sister because they love each other because he was actually engaged to someone else. Mm. And he was a doctor. And he was a doctor. And then she fi- they found out that she's pregnant. Mm. And then that is basically... Uh, that how was it continues. Yeah, how it continues. It's a fucked up story. And their sister also committed suicide. Mm. Yeah, it's a fucked up movie. It was really Jesus. a fucked up movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, they actually did not have. They didn't have children together. No. They adopted a girl and then she had a child with the other guy. Mm. Yeah. Her mom's husband, wasn't it? I still think she no. she slept with her mom's husband to get back at her mom, and she got pregnant from that. I don't know why I keep thinking about that. Maybe she did do that. Mm. But maybe that's part of the second movie. I think that's the, the that was the first child. Because remember, the first child was the difficult one. The younger one. Oh, right. The younger one is... There was three children, not two children. There's three children. Yeah, you're correct. So the one... At the end of the second movie, mm. she sleeps... In the, in the second movie, she sleeps with her... I'm thinking of the third movie. In mm. the second movie, she sleeps with her, her mom's, mom's, husband mom's husband. To get back at the and mom. To get back and at think, the mom. And, and, and that's I think when she, she, she actually went to her mom and said, listen, yeah, I slept with your husband. And the funny thing is, I'm pregnant. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. To get back at the mom. But yeah, and then she got pregnant. That's because that's an evil child. Because he was mm. freaking insane. Anyway, yeah, now I remember. Yeah, thank you for... <laughs> she did sleep with him, but not when she was... She yes. kissed him in the first movie, mm. but she did mm. while he was sleeping. Mm. But she didn't do it. They only slept together because she went to his office. Because mm. I think he was a lawyer or something. I can't remember. And then she went to go visit him at his work. And that's when they had her affair. But he did not know that she was his wife's daughter. Mm. Fucked up. Yeah, and then they end, and then she ended up pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next movie is called Us. I heard of it. Have you heard of it? Have you seen it? No. Do you know what happens in it? No. Okay. So. Is it good? It's good. Adelaide Wilson and her family are attacked by mysterious figures dressed in red. Upon closer inspection... The Wilsons realized that the intruders are exact lookalikes of them. Like doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. I like so the word doppelganger. What happens? Okay, so is it in the sense that 
these doppelgangers want to take over their lives. Because that's the only thing I can think about the doppelganger. Mm -hmm. Basically. So they torture them, haunt them, so they can take over their lives. Basically. Or literally just put their shoes on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Literally speaking. In a sense, yeah. What is... Is that your... Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you are correct in uh -huh. a way. So it starts off with in 1986 mm -hmm. so it starts in that time where adelaide goes with her family to this carnival in santa cruz i think it's santa cruz santa monica santa monica. it's in america it's in america so it's santa monica and then um, she goes with the family to this carnival so those with that has like the haunted houses mm -hmm. and the, the. so she goes with the family there she ends up being lured into the one of those mirror maze uh, yeah, rooms those type weird of mirror things. Rooms. Yeah. And she encounters someone that looks exactly like her. Mm-hmm. She ends up being saved, blah blah blah. She everyone doesn't believe her. She ends up being traumatized. She doesn't talk. She went through a lot of therapy and then eventually she got better. Mm. Then you flash forward to the future where she's with her husband and her kids in the car on their way on a holiday back to some Santa Monica. I think it's Santa Monica. What the fuck ever. <laughs> they back, they're going back to go on their holiday. Mm -hmm. The whole time Adelaide is saying she's feeling very uncomfortable. She's feeling weird. Something isn't right. Mm -hmm. She feels weird being back there. And her husband actually knows of what happened when she was younger. And she's told her. And she's saying, basically convincing her husband, let's go back home. I don't want to be here anymore. Let's go back home. Something feels weird. And as she's convincing him, look, this is what I, ha I feel like this person is trying to take over my life, my doppelganger. Yeah. And... The, that's when the husband agrees, okay, we can go. And that same night, I, I can't remember, I think someone, the doorbell rang, something happened where they realized there's people outside the house. Mm -hmm. And that's when they realize it's their doppelgangers. So the main character of the doppelgangers called Red, and she is the doppelganger of Adelaide. So they're busy basically... Attacking them, torturing them completely, like, trying to take over their lives. As they're trying to escape, they go to the friend's house that lives next door. Hmm. Realizing that they have been attacked by also doppelgangers that looks like them. Oh. So as they're trying to escape, they realize that there's doppelgangers everywhere. Everyone has a doppelganger that's being... Being the doppelgangers is attacking the people. So, all happens. They fight. They get tortured. They eventually start killing them off. The doppelgangers. So, they start... The the people, the Adelaide and her family, start surviving. And they start killing off all the doppelgangers. And then, eventually, Adelaide ends up back at the Santa Monica Pier. Where the carnival is 
and she ends up going back into that room where she met her doppelganger first and she goes down and realizes there's an entire tunnel system underneath that whole area which is basically actually think I think it's true that there is like a tunnel system underneath parts of America anyway so she goes into the tunnel system and she's walking around and she's seeing bunnies fucking everywhere and then she gets confronted by her doppelganger red because oh the reason why she had to go downstairs is because her son was kidnapped by red oh so she's trying to get her son back and she gets her son her son hides and she starts killing red she eventually kills red then it flashes forward she saves her son they're back at home and her son is very weird towards Adelaide. He's very scared of her. Mm. It flashes to... Well, well, not it flashes. While he, she was killing Red, Adelaide, she looked very happy while she was doing it. So she was like... Very enjoying, enjoying. Enjoying and very eager mm. to kill her. Mm. And her son found that very scary. Mm. And then you could see she goes to him and in his room and he's very scared of her. And then it flashes back to 1986. Mm. Where you see young Adelaide going into the maze. Red coming up. Strangling Adelaide. Dragging her downstairs. Chaining her to a bedroom inside the bunker area down in the tunnels. And Red taking Adelaide's place with her family. Mm. So that is the reason why she did not speak in the beginning. While she had to, why she had to go through therapy and take such a long time to adjust. So what happened was... They were all government experiments, clones of every person. And the only thing they had to live off of was rabbits, bunnies, and the, which were all also clones. And they didn't know how to talk, didn't know how to speak. They literally just mimicked what the people do up, the normal people, not the clones do. The people on normal planet. <laughs> Whatever. So... When Adelaide was a young girl and got downstairs, she was she liked dancing and she was dancing. All of them realized she is different. She's gonna make us create a revolution, whatever. So they ended up creating a plot. She was also the only one that could sort of speak. She sort of said words, but not really because obviously she hasn't spoken in like years and years. But yeah, so it turns out that she was actually the real Adelaide and Red is the one that was actually with the family. Huh. Hmm. So yeah, they were all clones and yeah. Hmm. Crazy. What was that series with the clone Carl XY? Carl XY, yeah. That was a good series. That was a weird series. The the series, the only thing that... that put in my head was mind over matter mm. because that was all it was was basically how he cr- 
his brain capacity was so big. Firstly, because he was longer in the womb juices. <laughs> but no, because it was mind over matter. You're mm. basically controlling your mind to mm. say, this is what I wanted to do. And that's mm. how they did everything. Which is a really cool concept to me. Anyway, yeah. Okay. So my next one is called Primal Fear. It's an old movie. Primal Fear. 1996. 1996. That sounds so familiar. I've probably not seen it, but I've probably... Richard Gere plays in it and Norton. What's his, his name? Um, he's a really good actor. Tom, Tom... No. No. Why do I keep thinking Michael Norton? It's not Michael. Jesus, but I remember. Edward Norton. No idea. No, he's a really good actor. You would know him. He's a really, really, really good actor. I don't know names, so... The story goes, or the synopsis, an altar boy is accused of murdering a priest and the tooth is buried behind several layers deep. Hmm. Okay, this is, like, not to assume, but it's obviously to do with sexual nature. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he got abused by the priest and took revenge by killing him. Is that your, your, your... Very simple, <laughs> simple explanation. Short and sweet. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so we need to focus. Mm-hmm. Because, Mart- okay, so it starts with Martin Vale. He is a, a Chicago defense attorney who loves the spotlight and does everything he can to do, get his high profile clients acquitted on legal technicalities. Okay. So that's Richard Gere. Martin Vale. And then one day he sees a news report about the, uh, the arrest of Aaron Stampler. Mm-hmm. That's Edward Norton. He's a 19-year-old altar boy from Kentucky with a severe stutter who is accused of brutally murdering the beloved Archbishop Rushman. And then, so, Vale jumps to the chance to actually represent the, the um, Aaron pro bono. Mm-hmm. And during his meetings... At the country jail, Val becomes to believe that his client is innocent. And much to the irritation of Val's Val's former lover, prosecutor Janet Venable. But as the trial begins, Val discovers that powerful civic leaders, including the corrupt state's attorney John Slornessy, God, why did I take the movies with all the difficult names? I don't know. That's why I said no names, because I'm not bothered to remember. (laughs) Okay, but um, the corrupt state attorney, John, let's call him John, recently lost millions of dollars in real estate investments due to a decision made by the archbishop not to develop on certain church-owned lands. The Archbishop recently, or secretly, sorry, received numerous death threats as a result. Mm-hmm. Following a tip from a former altar boy about a, uh, a videotape involving Stampler, Vale makes a, a search of Archbishop's apartments and finds a VH tape shot by Rushman that shows Stampler being sexually abused with another teenage altar boy and a teenage girl named Linda Forbes. Mm. So you were right. You were right. Yeah. And um, Vale is now in a dilemma. Introducing this evidence would make Stampler more sympathetic to the jury, but it would also give, me, give him a motive for the murder, 
which Venable has been unable to establish. Because oh. you can't go for the insanity. Yeah. Because he had motive mm. to kill the, the, yeah, yeah. the archbishop. So then Vale confronts his client and accuses him of, 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 having, of having lied to him. And Stampler breaks down, crying, and suddenly transforms into a new persona. Mm. Yeah. A violent psychopath who calls himself Roy. And Roy confesses to the murder of the Archbishop and threatens Vale. When this incident is over, Stampler once again becomes passive and shy and appears to have no recollection of the personality switch, which he calls lost time. Mm, Okay, I see where this is going. Mm -hmm. Molly Orrington, the psychiatric psychiatrist, (laughs) Jesus psychiatrist psychiatrist (laughs) examining Stampler who witnessed the entire event is convinced that he has a dissociative identity disorder caused by many years of abuse because it Mm -hmm. it, it happens it does yeah that's how they most cases it happens it's it's literally mentalized what do you call it they basically create a personality for each yeah Mm. for each emotion basically Yes, and not just that. I mean, it literally happens in when you're young, mm-hmm. literally. Yeah. Yeah. So the physical abuse, sexual abuse that he that he got from Archbishop Rushman, Vale doesn't want to hear this because he knows that he cannot enter an insanity, insanity plea during an opening trial or sorry, an ongoing trial. So that's something you need to bring in the beginning, not in the middle of the, the, the trial. Yeah. Mm. So Val slowly sets up a confrontation in court by dropping hints about the Archbishop's abusive tendencies as well as Stampler's multiple personalities. He also has the abuse tape delivered to Venable knowing that she will realize who sent it. Since she is under intense pressure from both John, no Jesus, what's his name? John, yeah, John. I already forgot that's how bad I am. <laughs> John, yes, mm-hmm. I remembered. John and her boss, Bud Yancey, to deliver a guilty verdict at any cost and will use it as proof of motive. Okay. So, Val puts Stampler on the witness stand and gently questions him about the sexual abuse he suffered at Rushman's hands. He also introduces evidence that John and Yancey had covered up evidence of Rushman molesting another young man. After Venable questions him about... Harshly during cross examination, Stampler turns into Roy mm. in open court and is subdued by courthouse marshals. Oh, sorry, he attacks her and he says that if, if anyone comes near him, he will snap a neck. And then he's suddenly subdued by courthouse, courthouse marshals and rushed back to the, his holding cell. The judge dismisses the jury in favor of a breach bench trial and then find Stampler not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay. Mm. So he then goes to a maximum security mental hospital and then Venable is fired for losing the case and and for allowing Rushman's crimes to be publicly exposed. Yeah, because that's a fucking thing of a priest's sexual... Misconduct. Deviances are exposed. Yeah. So Vale visits Stampler in his cell and tell him of the dismissal. And Stampler claims to have no recollection of what happened in the courthouse having lost time again. Yeah. 
because of Roy. However, as Vale is leaving, Stampler asks him to tell Miss Venable, I hope her neck is okay. Now remember, how can he lose time? Yeah. And remember that. And remember that. Hmm. Uh. Fuck. S- yeah. And then when, when Vel confronts him, Stampler reveals that he had faked the personality disorder. What? Yeah. No longer stuttering, he brags about having murdered Rushman as well as his girlfriend, Linda, the other girl. Okay. And then when Vel asks him if there was ever a Roy, Stamper replies that there never was an Aaron. There were no one. He created all of those personalities. Stunned and disillusioned, Vel walks away and leaves the courthouse as Stamper taunts him from his cell. What? So he killed them out of fucking killing them. Yeah. But he was not insane. Fuck. That was a good movie. That was really a good movie, I have to say. I sort of remember it, because I think I have seen it, but I don't remember it all. So as you were talking, some of the things came back to my mind, like the video. Mm. Like, all those things came back to my mind. I was like, oh yeah, right. And the taunting, that I remember now mm. as well. I remember watching the end, I'm like, fuck, plot twist. Yeah, damn. Mm. Well, I'm quite sad about the flowers in the attic, but um, oh well. Oh well, sorry about that. <laughs> I think I should have taken my other one. I tend to watch a lot of fucked up movies, so I same. When I I think I saw it somewhere with the fucked up movie thing, I, I can't remember. And I was like, hmm. And then I went to download all of them, <laughs> and that's how you watched how um, I watched that. Flowers in the attic. Yeah, I did feel very weird watching it, and then. Telling people, I didn't tell people. <laughs> but it, it's just, fucked it's up. weird to explain. And like, what are you watching? Oh, it's a movie about incest. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not just just one jo- uh, one generation of incest. No, it's like two generations. No, I, yeah. So, but the the thing is, how I came to watch this. Um, one of my colleagues, um, she studied psychology. Um, and she had to watch it as part of of the of one of the classes, and we oh, discussed wow. it quite a bit because we discussed the, the studies quite a lot because I found it very interesting. Yeah, and we discussed these movies quite a lot in depth because it's very very interesting because it, it comes to the concept of if you were to be stuck, mm-hmm. let's say in is, an attic. That's the thing is like that is all you know. That's all you know. That's all you see. The same would happen. It would happen. There's a very interesting thing that happens. This is a little off topic. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's extremely interesting. You know when you, let's say, you would have a child, but you Mm -hmm. give it off to adoption. Yeah. And let's say a son. And... uh, Oh, that theory where you will end up actually falling falling in in love. Because you feel like you have a bond, but you don't know why. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a there, name there, for there's it. There's a name for it, I know. Yeah. I there's get, a name for yeah, it. Yeah, it's basically, you will it's always be connected. It's and very interesting. And because you have that bond, mm. that's unexplainable. And not just that. It's not just that because you have a repulsion to the people that you've grown up with. Like, I can't even think of having a relationship with my brother because we grew up 
together. It's a it's a psychological thing yeah. where you have a repulse, repulse, where you feel repulsed having any 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 intimate relationship with any of your close family members because yeah. you live together. Yeah, it's sort of a, a we probably can call it a back not a backdoor but like a stopper to incest basically. Yeah, basically, but also yeah, it's gonna sound weird, but you obviously also actively. No, not actively, no, I'm not, I don't know how to explain it, like, you actively choose, firstly, also, to be grossed out by it, because, firstly, it's fucking disgusting. Exactly. But you get people that's not, that doesn't have that mentality, Mm. so... It's a very difficult thing, because I think it's also something that can't be explained precisely, but it's very interesting. But it's clearly, like, a big thing, considering that there's so many sexual fantasies of... But they do say that this is a problem, though. Mm. That this whole thing about, you know, people, um, even people donating their eggs. Yeah. Oh, right. Because eventually you do want to meet your paternal or maternal parent, whoever donated the eggs or sperm. There's a very interesting uh, crime case, I can't remember the name, about a girl that was adopted. Mm -hmm. So she eventually um, found her real parents. Yeah. A, a birth parents. Yeah. So what happened was they were very young when they were pregnant. I think they were still in school. Mm-hmm. And um, funny enough, they ended up together. They stayed together. They they ended up marrying and okay. they um, had another child. Yeah. So what happened was is that she met her parents and she fell in love with her father. And they ended up having a relationship. What? And I think uh, what happened was is... He got divorced with his wife and married his daughter. What? But they didn't know they were... No, they knew they were related. They knew they were related. They knew they were related. They were father what and daughter. Okay. Because... No, they I, no, 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 wait. I don't think they got divorced because I'm getting confused now because they... She told her sister or brother, she had a younger sibling, mm-hmm. to call me your new mommy. What the fuck? Yes. And I think... Yeah, I can't remember the whole story, but that's part of the story. Fucked up. What the fuck? Mm. So, okay, she went to them with the pretense that they are her birth parents. So they mm. knew it from the start. They knew because she visited them. That's so weird. Mm. It was a very weird story. I can't, I literally can't remember the case. I can't remember if she murdered, murdered her mother so she could be with her father. I, I literally can't remember. So this is a real... It's a real case. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Damn, dude. It was on Red Handed. Damn. Those of you who don't know, Red Handed is a very, 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 very good um, crime... True crime... Uh, podcast. podcast. Go listen to them. If you don't already. But yeah, they, they covered it and I can't remember... I can't remember the name. I can't remember when... When, when it came out. Hmm. Okay. Mm. Well, on that note, <laughs> that is how we will end this episode. And uh, on that's a really good note to end it on. <laughs> anyway. On incest. On incest. So next week, ep- ne- next week's next week's episode, we will be doing <laughs> Netflix and not so chill. Netli- Netflix and not so chill. We did steal this. I will idea from 
Smosh. <laughs> so I have seen a lot of YouTube videos with Smosh and stuff where they take a Netflix synopsis of the movie and then the other person needs to guess what the movie's name is. Oh, yeah. And then if you're wrong, you need to um, take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are doing it. You take a shot on Smosh. They usually put ice down your trousers. Trousers. Pants, but also like how are we meant to show that because we're it's there's no video. So. And besides, I mean we're so bad. Our pants are gonna be wet. Yeah. Taking shots is just so much easier. So much easier. <laughs> and also, who, who needs we're an excuse get to drink? Up. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, that is gonna be next week's episode. Um, and so then, stay tuned for that. Yeah, and then remember to follow us on all our um. Almost at Instagrams again. <laughs> all of our social media, social medias, and please support us on Patreon. Yes, you can even do the one dollar fifty. That's enough for yeah, a bread. Start at one dollar fifty. Please support us on Patreon. That would be much appreciated. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's it. Cheers for years. Cheers for years.